0: Um, to speak about that, a Jesus family, um, but it's in a sense it's a response to what the Lord has been saying to us the last couple of weeks, and indeed what the Spirit of God is doing amongst us. So, how about we pray? Yeah, can we all pray? Come on, then. Let's do it. Come on, just thank Him. want to pray in tongues? Just pray in tongues. We just want to be open to him. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Huh. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for what you are saying to us. We thank you for what you're doing and we pray that we would continue to have ears to hear, that we would have eyes to see and that we would have hearts that are wide open to receive what you are saying and what you are doing in our hearts and lives and indeed amongst us, God. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way in us, through us and amongst us. We stand against the things that would seek to um, deceive or discourage or divide in Jesus' name. And Lord, we stand against those spiritual strongholds that have been in this city for far too long. The religious spirit, the spirit of witchcraft and Leviathan and Jezebel, in Jesus' name, we stand against them and we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome amongst us. We want to be known as a Jesus people. We want to be known as the people who love Jesus. We want to be known as the people that, you know, go after the things of the Spirit. So we say, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way more and more and more amongst us in Jesus' name. Amen. I really feel that, hey, that we, you know, as we keep stepping in, we're going to have different moments. We're going to have holy moments where we just kind of like a bit like today where we just sit in His presence. We're going to have moments when, when, when things erupt in a good way. And, you know, we, and we have to go with the flow of that and we have to kind of turn our clocks off and forget about what the time is because it doesn't really matter in the end. You know, I was interested with what Katie and Mark both said, and and I just want to start with this fact of what they both said because it's been um, Katie's. It's been a while since Katie has been here, uh, and Mark was here in February last year. He said just before COVID, and they both said that you don't realize what God is doing. You don't realize what God is doing amongst you. You don't realize what you have, and I, and I, and I think we need to be reminded of that. You know. Because not everywhere has the, the freedom to grab the mic and prophesy. Not everywhere has the freedom to lie on the floor or dance and sing and shout and whatever the case is. You know, God is doing something. You know, when, when, when people come here, they normally say one of two things. They normally say, I can feel the freedom in the atmosphere or I can feel the love of God. It's like you're a family. And people encounter family. Yep. People encounter family. They they encounter something, and they go, "What is this love? What is this? I haven't I haven't experienced this." And we need to continue to guard that. But, you know, but we need to be thankful for that because sometimes when you're in the midst of it, you just it's really easy for familiarity to breed contempt. So, I really feel that by Katie and Mark saying that, it's like wow. So just keep praying for each other. Keep loving each other. Keep blessing each other. Keep encouraging. Amen. Oh, it wasn't a coincidence that Katie finished with Romans 1513. That was what she finished with. And then Mark started with Romans 15:13. And Guy has already shared that. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. And peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's no coincidence that Katie finished with that and 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 Mark started with that. They just bookended each other and they didn't even realize, and they don't even know each other, they've never met each other. And you go, you know, God is speaking to us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. And if you struggle with joy, just get someone like Jim and Jenny to start praying for you, and you'll get some joy. And peace, as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope. You may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that you just kind of conjure up, but you overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. Amen? It says in Proverbs 13, uh, uh, chapter 13, verse 12, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred. Do we understand what that verse really means? You put off. To to defer something means that you put it off. When you put it off, and and I've been saying to a few people the last couple of weeks, the the battle is between the I know and the I do. The battle is between the I know and the I do. When you you go up to someone and you go, you know, you should really be doing this, and and someone says, I know, I know, I know. But how many people switch from the I know to the I do? I can tell you the percentage goes like that. The battle is between the I know and the I do. I've been working with some people that are not yet part of Restoration Center, working through some stuff with with, with them. You know, and they go, "Oh, we'll be here on Sunday." And you know, "Oh, we'll come Wednesday night." Then and, and 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 I keep saying to them, "The battle is between the I know and the I do." Because the enemy wants to stop you cuz he knows that once you start to do he loose, his grip is loosened. You know, you say, yeah, I know I should get into the Word, I know. But when you do, the enemy loses his grip. I know I should press into the presence of God. I know, I know. no, 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 but when you do, the enemy loses his grip. I know I should go. You know, it's always that time when you go, oh, I don't really feel like going to the prayer meeting tonight. It's the time when you really need to go to the prayer meeting. Speaking of prayer meeting, Heather, what a... Testimony she shared with us on Friday night. Do you want to share that now? Sorry, this is spontaneous. But I'm thinking about hope. I'm thinking about hope. May, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. That you may overflow with hope.
1: Is that right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So... Yeah, for good. me to do, uh, but I'll do it with God's help.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Um, so I gave my life to the Lord just over a week ago, and for the last 30 years I've been um, riddled with spinal issues, health issues. Um, I've had eight surgeries. Um, I'm full of metal. I've got a metal cage in my spine. Um, to, when I was giving my life to the Lord. I heard someone pray for my spine um, and I felt a definite shift in in my back now prior to then I had trouble I live out at Moore Park and I had trouble just driving from Moore Park into Brisbane uh, into Bundy um, the pain numbness tingling pain um, driving down to Brisbane was you know I just couldn't do it. If I did, I'd have to spend a week in bed afterwards. Um, so from that night, when I ga- gave my life to the Lord, now I didn't pray for a healing. God in his mercy gave it to me. And um, I've had no pain whatsoever, nothing. Um And um, in fact, on Thursday, I drove to Brisbane. I drove back on Friday and I went to the prayer meeting on Friday night. (laughs) So, so, um, yeah, and miracles just keep happening. So I praise the Lord. Amen. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome.
0: Hey, may the God of all hope fill you with hope amen hope so good but if you put off hope oh, I'll put it off I won't keep hoping in that I won't keep hoping that what happens you what says it makes the heart sick you lose that passion you lose that zest for life you lose that you know, and Mark was saying to us that he, wanted, that he felt the Lord was saying to us that we would be a stronghold of hope. You know what that means? That is big. That is so big because you walk into a town or a city and you can feel a stronghold of witchcraft or something, you know. So to be a stronghold of hope means that when people come into Bundaberg, that they would start to feel hope rise. That's big. Someone's clapping. Must be Trev. You know, Abraham, it was credited to him as all righteousness because, because against hope, in hope believed. And that's what happens sometimes, hey, when you're believing for something and it hasn't happened yet. You tend to just put off hope, and you don't mean to, but you just put off hope, and and you stop believing. You don't stop believing, but you stop believing with the intensity of the way that you believed, and all of a sudden, it becomes to just a drift in the background. But you know, the last two weeks, we've had two injections of hope to once again continue to believe and align ourselves with what God is saying, Amen. And it is all about being a Jesus family. It's all about living for the one who is worthy. You see it throughout the book of Acts. You see as Jesus built his church, there were issues to deal with. There was structure that they had to put into place because they were just, you know, set the sail of the spirit. And they were just going with the spirit. And And they had to add structure and they had to add ministries and they had to add stuff. But that didn't change the fact that they were a Jesus family. And it didn't change the fact that they were living for the one who is worthy. So I just want to take a couple of minutes this morning before I, oh wow, look at that time. Before I respond, I want to just go through what Katie and Mark said. That there was a massive picture and and that picture was framed. And the frame was beautiful and that frame, it was framed by God. And I remember myself when she said that I was just weeping down there. Because it's God. It's not us. He's just looking for some people that will just stand and believe. He will do it. She was encouraging us, like through Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3, to keep our prophetic promises before us. Because the key word was run. Whoever reads it would run. Run. And that's about momentum, isn't it? Doing this energizes you. It's part of hope, she said. So pursue the promise and stand in the gap for the promise. And then she said, guard the promise. Uh, Song of Songs or Song of Solomons, 2.15, guard, guard. It said, watch out for the little foxes. And it's interesting, it wasn't the big wolves, it was the little foxes. Yeah? The little foxes, the little things. And in fact, you know, Mark said that we would be an unoffendable people. That'd be pretty cool, hey? People say stuff, oh, yeah, water off duck's back. Things happen, oh, yeah. But watch for the little foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard of love. Wow, hang on a minute. The vineyard of love, the little comment, the little gossip, the little accusation. I'll talk about a couple of those things in a minute. So she said to guard the promise and to watch out for those little foxes. She said to align a partner with it. And then she saw those, those, there was a like on the picture, there was all these little envelopes. And they're envelopes for everybody. Everyone had something. Everyone had a part to play. And, and it was a choice to actually put your name on it in a sense and actually stick it to the whole, the whole picture. And then in the words of Zechariah 4.6, that it's not by might or by power but by the Spirit of God, that you know, the Lord will bring the promise to life. And we need to partner with the Lord. Amen? We need to partner with Him through words, through prayer, intercession, all that stuff. And that in the words of Acts 2, that people would be in awe of God. And the question is, I guess, do we believe that? Do we believe that a city can be changed? Do we believe that a region can be changed? Do we believe that? We should believe that because we, we read it in Scripture We read it that that regions, not just cities, but regions were being impacted by the gospel. And more, you know, and and it's continual encouragement. We've seen it throughout history that cities and regions and nations have been changed. God is in the business of transformation and is looking for a people who will contend. You know, and the battle has been against the spirit of religion. The battle has been against witchcraft. The battle has been against Jezebel. The battle has been against all this kind of stuff. Because it's been heavy in this city. But when the prophets come in and say, you know what, something's shifting. We should take heart because something is shifting. Give Jesus the praise. Psalm 126. Psalm 126 was the, the psalm that Katie gave me to say, She said, I want you to keep just declaring this. And I was like, Oh man, that just, that just reverberates with my spirit. Restoration of God's people. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who began to dream. What was Mark saying? Dream. You use, he said, You use your imagination for negativity. Why not use it in a godly way? Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we were joyful. So restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. And those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of, with shouts of, shouts of, Though one goes along weeping, carrying the bag of seed, he will surely come back with shouts of, yeah, you got it, carrying the harvest. You see, weeping may last for the night. But joy comes in the morning. What is the morning? It is the day of breakthrough. It is the day of new things. It is the day of new beginnings. That is, that is, that is. It's like that revival in Belfast song. I can hear that thunder in the distance Like a train on the edge of a town I can feel the brooding of you. I've just changed key. Lay your burdens down. Lay your burdens down. Oh. Yeah, revive us. Thanks, Steve. We'll go there. I'm sorry. I'm, this is going to take a few minutes to get through, isn't it? It's all right. We can have coffee after. It's all good. Katie, Katie encouraged us to say the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And the, the Word of God says, do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary in doing good because at the proper time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. 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 Because there's a harvest. In, in uh, Haggai, when they were rebuilding the temple and the temple was in ruins. And they said, the glory of the latter will be greater than the glory of the former. Whoa. Oh, God's plans in his time. Amen. She said, if you look through your own eyes, you will end up trapped in disappointment or doubt. So look through my eyes. Look through the eyes of the Lord. She cautioned us, because you've been given so much insight and revelation, I caution you against birthing an Ishmael. So basically, don't do it in your own strength. But allow God to keep doing it. And that's the battle, hey. Because all the time, I know sometimes people come to me, "Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? We should be doing this. We should be doing that." And there's some and there's some really good things in there, but it's like, oh, it's not yet. It's just not yet. I oh yeah yeah, but it's just not yet. We just we just got to keep waiting upon God, and we have got to keep doing what He calls us to do. And that's not saying we're not going to do stuff, but we need to do it in His way. It's a, like the yacht, like like. She said, uh, choose, choose my timing, my ways, my strategy. And I think was it a few weeks ago that I had the vision of the sailboat. Did I share that in this environment or was that somewhere else? I shared it here. I had the vision of, vision of the sailboat. Remember, my dad was a, was a yachtsman and he, and he used to build boats. And the, the start line was here and the finish line was there. But I'll tell you what, you never went from here to there. Because of the winds and because of the currents, you went that way. And then you went that way, and the mainsail was up, the spinnaker was up, the spinnaker was down, the jib was up, the jib was down. He was changing all these sails. I'm going, what is he doing this for? But he knew because he was a skilled yachtsman, and he knew how to get from there to there in the fastest way, tacking. And sometimes we've got to tack with the Spirit. The wind blows wherever it pleases, so it is with one born of the Spirit. Jesus was teaching Nicodemus. And he couldn't get it because he was a head man. Let's be a heart. Let's, let's be a revelation in our spirit, hey? Deep, deep trust. Stand together, come together, deeper still in worship and surrender. You know, Jehoshaphat. She, she spoke about Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles 20. And she said, Trust me and dance with me, enjoy the dance. And then she said, you are entering the transfer zone. I am beginning. I'll tell you what, that brought so much encouragement. When you hear the words, because has anyone ever had a prophecy from from the Lord through someone and they come up to them and they go, I really believe that soon, soon, soon God will. Anyone ever had that? And you know, soon kind of takes like five years or ten years. Soon you said soon God But when someone says I am beginning I like Okay it started It's actually starting And I was like Oh thank you Jesus it wasn't another soon She said keep on loving Keep on praying Keep on worshiping Keep on giving Keep on serving You're on the cusp Hear the lion roar. This is the height of the battle. Dance with me. Dance with me in the waiting and release the aroma. There was a song called by, um, um, you meant to be courageous. What's that group? Casting Crowns. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was them. And there's a song called While I'm Waiting. I will worship while I'm waiting. That's a good thing. And then she said, focus on the family, in the natural and the spiritual. So focus on the family in the natural and the spiritual. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. Stand together. Lift your family up before the throne of grace. And then the the spiritual. Lift one another up. Pray for one another. Don't stop praying for one another. She said, I've called you to be a fire family. Fire. And you are a family to help families. And I think it's really interesting because the battle has been over family and the battle is family. Why? Because we're meant to be a family for families. We're meant to receive families in and we see them healed and restored because there's so much brokenness out there. There's so much brokenness, you know, that we are to be a family. You know, when I walked in last Sunday afternoon into the hub, um, ready for Mark's workshop, and the shepherding team were there with all these people and stuff, it it was beautiful. You could feel it in the room. There was so much love and there's so much family. You guys did a great job so good. There's so many people that need to know love, the unconditional, sacrificial love of God, and He will do the rest. Amen? Anyway, so all those words are in that, uh, that pack. And so now I'm going to take yeah, a couple of minutes to respond. The first thing that, I've, that as I've been praying over the last two weeks that stood out to me was that it has to be God's agenda, not ours. And you know what? You know what? I would be as, as bold enough to say that we've probably got something, part of us, that's still our agenda, that we need to lay down and we need to go, God, it's not my agenda. It's yours. And we can say, you know, we can say, oh, you know, God, you know, like we can try and justify it. We can use scripture to justify it, but we see God's agenda, and if you read through those words and stuff, you'll see God's agenda. you see what God wants to do. And He's looking for people that are willing to down theirs to align with His. Isn't that what we're doing? It's interesting that it says in... Oh, actually, I'll go there in a minute. So part of it is going lower, isn't it? That we've been talking about. Humility, serving, love, all that stuff. And, you know, as, as we stand... We stand against the things that have been in this city, this thing, things that have been in this region for years. We stand against those spiritual strongholds. And the greatest form of spiritual uh, warfare is to move in the opposite spirit. That doesn't mean we don't pray and, and pray and stand against stuff. But the greatest form is that we actually make a choice to actually partner with God rather than the things that have been here. So there's been a divisive spirit. So the best thing you can do is, you know, we can pray against that. We can pray for unity. But the best thing to do is to love your brother and sister. You see, the flesh will always persecute the spirit. It's a principle that's in Scripture and it continues to happen today. Those that desire to move in the spirit will be persecuted by the flesh. It says in Galatians 4, Just as the child born as a result of the flesh, so that's Ishmael, persecuted the one born of the spirit, so also now. But what does the scripture say? Drive out the the slave and her son, for the son of the slave will never be a co-heir with the son of the free woman. But just as Ishmael persecuted Isaac, so it will be today. Mark Mark was telling me of a story of a friend of his in America who's been standing for citywide transformation and they're actually starting to see significant breakthroughs, like significant breakthroughs, like brothels being closed down, like people being rescued from slavery. They're seeing significant breakthroughs of transformation in their city in America. But guess guess what happened before that? He had death threats from within inside the church. It's true because they, you know people go this has been my church and I've been here for 50, 60 years and you're not going to do this and you there was all this stuff that was going on there was such a battle but it was a battle against the religious spirit because the, the religious spirit will seek to restrict it will seek to bring down God's agenda. And the things that come off the religious spirit, like the spirit of Jezebel, will try to bring down uh, God's leaders and to try and silence the prophetic voice. The spirit of Leviathan. What is the spirit of Leviathan that's been at work in this city? It's It's a serpent spirit that just puts a little cunning twist on things. So let's just say I'm talking to Kathy. So this is what I'm trying to say. As we stand against it, we don't just pray and go, we bring down that spirit of a leviathan. We actually move in the opposite spirit. So we actually move in the Holy Spirit that gives the leviathan spirit no room to move. Does this make sense? So, I'm, so th- this is how it works, yeah? So I'm speaking to Kathy, and we have a conversation, and I say something that she doesn't quite understand. And we walk away. she walks away and she's going, I really don't know what Tim was going on about that. And then she thinks about it and she thinks about it. Then she gets her own little spin on something and it becomes something that it never was. Have you ever had a conversation like that with anybody? No? So how do we counteract that? Because we've all faced that, haven't we? Kathy comes back to Tim and goes, Tim, what did you really mean by that? She asks another question. So she clarifies it. So then in her mind, she's going, oh, now i get it. There is no room for it to be twisted. You see how subtle it is? But you know what? The enemy is actually under our feet. And part of the problem, if I could be so bold, is that we still often operate like the world rather than as children of God, born of promise. If you want to know something, go and speak to someone. If you've got a question, go and ask them. If you want clarity, go and ask the person. That is love, that is, that is friendship. If there's stuff that needs to be dealt with, then we deal with it. And it gives the, the enemy no room. We, like, we don't have to continually go around and say, we need to bring this down, we bring this down. No, no, we just need to walk in the Spirit. We don't walk in the flesh, but we walk in the Spirit, Amen. We, so we stand for God's agenda. We stand for freedom because Christ has set us free. We stand for the Holy Spirit. We need more. Man, I read scripture and I read verses like, these people took note that they'd been with Jesus I read about Peter, you know, walking along and he's just the shadow, the shadow that people were healed. And I go, man, we need more. We need more that we wouldn't have to even pray for people, that we just walk by them and they're healed. I dream of an environment where the Spirit of God is manifesting, that we would just be in worship. We would worship in the one who is worthy. We worship Jesus. And as we worship Jesus, the Holy Spirit just touches someone and they get up and they say, I've been healed. What, What do we just have to read about it in Scripture? It's scriptural, it's not some New Age theology, it's biblical. We contend for this. It is written. The weapons of our warfare, Paul said uh, to the church in Corinthians, the weapons of our warfare are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. We take every thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ. That's where the battle is. Right here. I'm not loved. I'm not loved. Oh, I wasn't meaning it like that, but, uh, you know what I mean. Like you, you, you know, oh, God doesn't really love me. He couldn't forgive me for that stuff. He couldn't. Where's, where's the stronghold? In here, we pull it down and we bring every thought captive and we make obedience to Christ. You are loved. You are accepted. You are in the beloved. You do have a hope. You do have a future. You do, you do, you do. We have the authority. We just got to use it. I've totally lost my notes now. Anyway, finish out with something else. We have to align ourselves with God as God's agenda, not ours. And part of that is we have to keep going the journey, and we have to say, "God, have Your way in me." And it starts, doesn't it? Isn't it so easy to pick out the fault in someone else? Anyone ever been there? I think, I think, I think that's why Jesus said, "You know, uh, um, excuse me, you need to pull out of the pull the plank, the plank, the log out of your own eye before you try and take the speck." And I went, "Wow, log and speck." Okay, deal with me, God. (laughs) Deal with me. (laughs) Oh, dear. We keep going lower. We say, Lord, have your way. We just keep worshiping. We keep praising. We keep praying. We keep, you know, aligning. We keep being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and going where the Spirit leads. But we have to start standing. I really feel that we're in a time now we have to be on the front foot. We have to be on the front foot. And so you have authority. As you go out into your workplace, as you go into your families, as you go into different situations, you have authority. You need to be on the front foot. You know, I was talking to someone before. As you get in the car and you're driving into town in the morning, you you say, I declare a blessing of hope over Bundaberg today in Jesus' name. Isn't that partnering with God? I declare a blessing of life. I declare a blessing of joy because the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in Jesus' name. I declare a blessing over our government leaders, God, that you would remove those if those need to be removed, that we would have righteousness in this city. You're on the front foot. You're not waiting for something, but you're on the front foot. You're going, you know what? I'm going after this. And we need to grow and we need to keep growing in love. Amen? Amen? It says in Galatians, I'll just go back to Galatians. I'm probably missing stuff that I thought I was going to say, but anyway, we'll just. What's that, buddy? That happens, yeah. In Galatians 5, in 13, I love this. Wow, there's so much depth and treasure in this. For you were called to be free. (laughs) Brothers and sisters. But don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But rather serve one another in love. There's so much death. I want to encourage us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Because the temptation is always there to take your eyes off him onto other stuff. I want to encourage you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Even in the midst of the good things you hear testimonies and stuff, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, because He is the one who is worthy. And I don't know about you, but I think we we are very much on a journey of what what does it really look like to live for the one who is worthy. It cannot be contained on a Sunday between uh, to a Sunday only between ten and twelve. It is Monday, it is Tuesday, it is Wednesday, it's Thursday, it's Friday, it's Saturday. It's living for the one. It's, it's walking with Him. It's being a people of prayer and continuing to pray and be open to pray. And as you're praying along, you just feel the leading of the Spirit. I need to go and do that. I need to go and talk to this person. I need to go and help that person. I need to give something to that person. Wow, that person has popped into my thinking. Maybe I should give them a call today. How, how are you doing today, Bruce? How are you really doing? I just call up today because you popped into my thinking as I was praying for you today. I just wanted to make sure you're doing okay. It's all that kind of stuff, isn't it? As we walk, it's, it's part of walking in the Spirit, amen? So we keep our eyes on Him. And I couldn't, as I close with this, I close with the vision of, uh, of a few weeks ago and, uh, and Isaiah 58. So music team, maybe you want to you come up, I don't know. The vision of the train. I, I was redirected this week back to the vision of the train. Remember I shared that a few weeks ago that there was a train and there was a, there was a conductor and he was going toot, toot, like blowing his whistle, all aboard, and there were people just sitting on the benches and they were just like this and they were just like sitting and there was only one or two that kind of jumped on and then it was like second call, toot, toot, all aboard and there was more people got up but there were still people just sitting there and the third time was like last call, same thing happened, there was some more got up but then others just still sat there. I really believe that God is inviting every single one of us into his plans and purposes for his end time purposes here in Bundaberg and beyond. And it's time to get on board. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. You know there's those scripture verses that God just keeps speaking about and you just keep going revisiting and one of them is Isaiah 58. And the verse of scripture you know that says in verse 12 it says, some of you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations that were laid long ago. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets where people live. But that is on the back of a call to come back to God. That Restoration of people's lives, of families, of cities, of neighborhoods is on the back of a call to come back to God. Because they were just fasting for a day. Look at us, God. We're just fasting for a day. And that can be just like us. Lord, I've given you Sunday. Well, I've given you Sunday between 10 and 12. I've given you Sunday. Lord, look at what we're doing. And he goes, is it only a day? I want your heart. There's a song by Maverick City in Elevation. It's called Come Again. And the bridge says, it's not a building you want to fill, but it's my heart. This empty space is what you wanted. The overflow of hearts that are being filled by God is that people will gather and people will go. But here they were saying, God, look, look at us. We've fasted. We've denied ourselves. Haven't you noticed? And he goes, but there's all this other stuff going on. If I can put it in today's language, there's all this stuff going on. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He says, I want your heart. He says, I want your heart. I want your heart. Give me your heart. Surrender it all to me. And out of this, the chains of wickedness will be broken. The ropes of the yoke will be untied. The the oppressed will be set free. And every yoke will be broken. The hungry will get fed. The poor will have a home. The naked will be clothed. And your light will appear like the dawn, and your restoration will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you, and the the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And you will call out to me, and I will say, Here I am. He just wants our hearts. You know, response is key. Scripturally, it's key. If I had time to unpack that, we could be here for a while. In Scripture, though, you, you, the, the, the prophet speaks. People listen or they don't listen. People act, uh, respond or they don't respond. Response is key. How do we respond? How do we respond? You know, even in the midst of that, when the, when the prophet Nathan came to David, when David had sinned terribly, he'd committed adultery and he had the husband killed and the prophet came to him and when david had the revelation he wrote psalm 51 he cried out to god he he responded he repented but he responded but yet scripture shows the israelites and stuff at times they harden their hearts response is critical so I think today we stand together and we say God we want your agenda. Is this all right? I don't want to pray for you but Lord we want your agenda. Not ours. Lord if we need healing from the past in any way. Lord we Lord we don't want to take any more baggage. We can't we've got to drop it at the station. We can't take it on the we we can't take it on the train. I didn't see any baggage, hey. The Lord's just reminded me when I th- of that vision. I didn't see any baggage. I just saw people. we got to leave any bit of baggage at the station to get on that train. Hmm. Lord, we want your agenda. Lord, have your way in us. Lord, help us to remove the log out of our own eye. Help us to love the way that you love. Help us to give the way that you give. Help us to serve the way that you serve. Lord, Lord, we want to live that spirit-filled, love-filled, grace-filled life. We want to be that stronghold of hope. We want to be a people, God, that see breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. As Jesus is glorified, as Jesus is uplifted, God, we want what you want because we want to see Jesus lifted high above this fellowship, above this city, above this region. We want to see Jesus lifted high. The name above all names be lifted high, that you would draw people to yourself, O oh God, that you, Lord, people would begin to encounter you more and more. And those things that we read in Scripture, we contend for today. We contend for the freedom of the Spirit. We are contend for the manifestation of your presence and your glory. We contend for restoration and reconciliation and breakthrough in Jesus' name. We know you to be a God of transformation, that you are the one who transforms lives, and it starts with us, it starts in us. Where religion tries to transform us from the outside in, your spirit is at work, transforming us from the inside out. I just want to make a quick quick declaration as we close with this song. Maybe you might make it too. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Anyone else love Jesus? Come on, macho men. You can say it. I love Jesus. Let's gather, hay. This is a great response. <laughs> oh, Jesus.